contested three-point shot straight on. Bledsoe three. Bam! Big-time basketball player here. Bledsoe driving again. Eric Bledsoe with 37. Get out of his way. going on everyone and welcome to this edition of bucking the trend podcast i'm andrew goodman co-hosting as always with dylan piccolo and the milwaukee bucks are coming off a 130 to 125 loss on sunday afternoon against the philadelphia 76ers but before we dive into that figured we should touch on a very important injury news malcolm brogdon expected to miss six to eight weeks with a minor plantar fascia tear in his heel dylan how big of a loss is that for the milwaukee bucks it's massive. I'm. Uh, we can't stress it enough. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's played absolutely out of his mind this year. Really getting better all three years. Um, obviously, he's right now and will finish the season in the 50-40-90 club. Um, you know, missing obviously a couple games in the season. So I don't know if you want to put an asterisk next to it or how that's going to work. But nevertheless, he's very impressive and very important to this team on the offense and defensive end of the floor. You know, he's not a perfect player. He'll There will be times where he over dribbles or, you know, he makes some pretty bad reads in transition. But, hey, no one's perfect. But, you know, like you said, anytime you lose a guy 50, shooting 50, 40, 90, it's humongous. And I think a lot of Bucks fans are really understating how big of a loss this is. Malcolm Brogdon, since he's been in a Buck uniform, even as a rookie from now, he's hit some really, really tough and big shots late in games to help win, win games for the Bucks. period. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um, being a, a four-year guy from Virginia, he he actually just came into the league and was ready to go um, right from the gate and won Rookie of the Year. Um, and now is probably, arguably the could be the second or third most important guy, second, third, or fourth most important guy in this team. Um, if you really look at it, he he's really important. His positional versatility, being able to play uh, the one and the two is you kind of saw it in the 76ers game, how much they missed him and his general shot making and getting to the rim, I thought was a big thing. The Bucks really have when Malcolm Brogdon's on in the game, they shoot a lot of threes, um, you know, because obviously Giannis is driving or, you know, it's either a drive or a dunk or a a three-pointer, no matter what, usually for the Bucks. But Malcolm, obviously, is a fantastic finisher and very crafty when it comes to getting by guys in the half court. Um, and I think that's where the Bucks actually saw a lot of uh, issues against 76ers because they were shooting a lot of open threes, but, you know, couldn't hit them. And without Brogdon, it looks like the Bucks from here on out until he returns, if, you know, that's the case, if he returns the season at all. It looks like they're going to go big. Nikola Miritich taking in his – place in the starting lineup he was he was really bad to say the least against Philadelphia on Sunday one of seven from the field oh six from deep in 24 minutes only two points and he finished minus eight which I think really doesn't doesn't paint a picture of how bad he was against Philadelphia yeah I mean 
<clears throat> well, <clears throat> Budenholzer before the game said that uh, this isn't a set thing. Miritich in the starting lineup. I mean, you'll definitely see him in the starting lineup tonight against the Lakers now that Giannis is listed as out. So kind of all hands on deck for that one tonight, um, despite LeBron being out as well. Really upset if you bought tickets for that. That's just got to be a real punch, punch to the nuts. Yeah, I saw um, our good friend Al Juno tweeted out that for his dad's birthday, he bought tickets, you know, way beforehand, you know, hyping it up. Oh, it's going to be Giannis versus LeBron and now both of them are out. So it's going to be that Alex Caruso show for the Lakers tonight. Hey, nothing wrong with little Alex Caruso. Uh, actually, there's a lot wrong with little Alex Caruso. But <laughs> um, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to have to play around with that starting lineup a little bit. Um, I think Miritich definitely um, could fit in the starting lineup. I just think it has to be more of a matchup-based thing. Obviously, you want to have continuity um, throughout the starting lineup, and that's obviously the goal. But with so little games left to go, uh, so a few games left to go on the season, I should say, um, I think it might be in the Bucks' best interest to kind of mix and match their starting lineups a little bit. I mean, they're not obviously uh, – they don't have a closing lineup, obviously, without Brogdon kind of formulated yet. So that's a whole other animal that we're going to have to figure out. Um, but it's a massive loss, Malcolm Brogdon. I just, I, I was in the, we were in the me- media room pregame and um, we were waiting for Malcolm because they announced it the night pr- uh, prior that he was out. So we were there until, uh, we were allowed to be in there until 145. And Malcolm Brogdon walked in at 144. Uh, I think pretty, pretty planned to come in at that time. But he, uh, he had mentioned to the security guard who asked him how he was doing, uh, you know, and Malcolm said, you know, I'll be fine. It's minor. He says, I'll be back. Uh, but he was, he was in a cast and uh, cr- he was crutching as well. So, you know, it's sad because not this season, obviously, but last year his season <laughs> got robbed again against Minnesota with that hamstring tear. So poor Malcolm really can't catch a break during like it's the second half of the season, but Giannis against Philadelphia was absolutely phenomenal. 52 points, 15 to 26 field goals, 19 to 21 from the floor, 16 rebounds, seven assists, two steals. And he only turned the ball over one time. This was, if there was any pinpoint MVP performance, regardless of the outcome of the game, this was it for Giannis. Yeah. I mean, 52, uh, 16 and seven, I think, I think there was only maybe two people in the history of the NBA to ever have a 50, 15 and five, uh, performance in a game. So, um, Giannis is one of those. He's very special, obviously 57%. He was actually just bullying guys. And that was even before his ankle, uh, after, I mean, excuse me, it was after his ankle turned, he just was dominant. The guys couldn't really slow him down. His adrenaline, he said, was kicking in. Uh, he said post game, and it was it was really awesome to watch him take over like that because I think despite the Bucks losing, and now let's put I mean you don't want to throw blame, but the Bucks did not hit a lot of three pointers. Nikola Mirotic, I would say six, I'd say at least five of his three pointers were wide open. Oh and, yeah, and, absolutely, and, and that's just not usually what's going to happen and Miritich has actually been kind of struggling the last few games um with that but he is a you know he's a proven commodity and a proven bucket getter um so I'm not too worried about that but you know Eric Bledsoe had one of his you know not so tantalizing performances that hurt Chris Middleton you know he got hot at the end and kind of kept the bucks in it for a little bit there but you know 
he wasn't really anywhere to be found in the first half, and the Bucks started off slow once again. Yeah, you hate to see 52 points career high in a loss, but if you look at the way Philadelphia played, 15-32 and 32 from deep, 47% overall from the floor, it just seemed like every three-pointer they were shooting, regardless of there was a hand in their face, it would just go in. Joel Embiid hit four threes. Granted, he took 13, which I am totally fine with him shooting threes all game. J.J. Redick, 4-4. Four from deep Jimmy Butler two of two James Ennis came off the bench two of four so that's really the that's was really the deciding factor in the game was Philadelphia's ability to hit their three-pointers and Milwaukee's you know inability to hit their open threes but guarantee you that is not going to be the case again yeah um I thought we learned a lot about Philadelphia though I thought um we really saw what this team could really be down the stretch. And Brett Brown talked about it on his interview on the low post about like symmetry and trust and relationships and how much of that needs to come organically and how much does he need to push the envelope on that? So we really saw it actually come pretty organically because you know, in the first half it was JJ, JJ was dominant. He was really killing the bucks. I think he had 10 points. The first guy in a double figures, JJ Reddick was, and you know, then the game carried on. Joel obviously was dominating. Uh, Jimmy was getting some buckets. And then Jimmy started going nuts in the fourth quarter. And then right after Jimmy got done, then Joel finished it off with, honestly, he played he played a fantastic fourth quarter uh, just offensively. Obviously, a lot of the shots that he made were off balance and tough ones that, you know, might not fall on every night. But, you know, they have a lot of weapons. And Tobias Harris had 12 points on seven shots. But, you know, if Jimmy Butler's not feeling it that night, Tobias Harris can step in. And if he's feeling it, then, you know, they have a lot of different options there. So they're definitely a scary team. And, you know, they came into Milwaukee and they got the victory. So you got to give them credit for that. Absolutely. I mean, if this is a playoff series, by all means, I will welcome it. This would be an absolutely entertaining Eastern Conference playoff series. If you think about what happened on Sunday between Giannis backing down Ben Simmons and dunking on all up on him with his it was left so, hand and it was calling so him an vicious. effing baby. Oh my and God. And then Ben Simmons coming back with a, I'm not going to say Ben Simmons dunked on Giannis because to be honest, really didn't. That was one on thing that I thought jam. that was, Ben Simmons had two tip jams that game and Giannis, you know, on Joel, when Joel was going to work on Brooke, cause he was giving Brooke the business, the business in the fourth quarter. And, Giannis had to come over and Giannis got way too deep on a couple times. And those were both times that Ben Simmons got those tip slams. So if they're going to double Joel on that, they got to make sure that all their rotations are in there. And, you know, you wonder how, you know, Malcolm, all these new guys out there, you wonder how that's going into effect because the Bucks have been down a little bit defensively, obviously since uh, the all-star break. So with Miritich, you know, you add more shooting um, and uh, you know, you're playing Pat now a little bit more, Ursan a little bit more, DJ a little bit less, Tony Snell a little bit less. I mean, you're starting to see kind of that pay, not pay, kind of take away from your defense. Obviously, you're adding it on the offensive end, but, you know, DJ Wilson, I can't forget about him. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure DJ Wilson knew you were you were going to be at the game covering it. 16 minutes, 5-8 from the floor, 3 six from deep, 13 points. And when it looked like Philadelphia was going to put the Bucks away, DJ just kept hitting corner threes. And that's all he needs to do. And really, he just doesn't need to think out. If the... It's uh, truly for the better because they just need him to really focus on uh, – 
just playing active and aggressive defense and then, you know, carrying on and playing, um, you know, supplementary offense. You know, and Philadelphia 76ers fans, uh, they were feeling it on Twitter after the game. I'm sure you saw a handful of tweets from uh, 76ers fans after saying, oh, we're not scared of the Bucks." But, you know, we learned a lot from both teams from this game. But I think this game, even in a loss, is a positive outcome for the Bucks. You lose by five. You don't have Brogdon. Obviously, Miritich scores two points. Brooke Lopez, three of nine from deep. The Bucks shot 32% from deep, 16 to 50. You know, you still lose by five, and most of those threes were wide open. You know, it's hard to really feel down about this loss. Granted, always losing to Philadelphia is really annoying, but this isn't, you know, a demoralizing loss, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, it wasn't too bad. I thought it was a good game. Uh, the Bucks definitely got themselves into it late. Um, they just couldn't get over that six or seven point hump. They couldn't hit that big momentum three, which, you know, that stuff will happen. I mean, there's going to be a playoff game where the Bucks aren't going to hit a momentum three this year and people are going to freak out about it. But they're a good team and they have a lot of good players around them. But I think that you're starting to see the, the change a little bit and the injuries finally start to take a toll on this team that looked absolutely invincible about three weeks ago. So we, we need to pump the brakes a little bit on maybe, um, you know, they're failing our expectations based off of what we've seen this year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And there's no need to jump off a bridge for that. Well, let me ask you, who scares you most between the 76ers, the Raptors, and the Celtics? Man, I was saying – I've, I've, I've said the Celtics this whole season um, just because of Kyrie Irving because he just has that um, – he just has that – game-winning bug in him, kind of the Kobe mentality. It's the wizardry. Yeah. The wizardry of Boston. It's it's something about Boston and playing on that floor. And hopefully, you know, obviously we're going to have uh, – if we play them, we're going to have home court advantage. So that's not necessarily a problem. But you always worry about Kyrie. But honestly, I'm thinking about changing my answer just off of what I saw because, um, you know, if the 76ers can get some decent minutes off the bench from, you know, Mike Scott – TJ, uh, James Ennis, Boban, um, those type of guys, they might be able to do this because if Joel Embiid will play defense kind of like he did uh, down the stretch there. Um, Now, Giannis had 52. So I haven't seen a breakdown quite of who those points were on, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or other. But, um, yeah, if Joel can play like that, it's kind of scary. But 4-13 from the field – and you lost by five, and every the Bucks shot what, thirty two percent from deep. I don't even know how they shot thirty two percent from deep, to be honest with you. <laughs> and all those were all of them were open. It's Philadelphia was inviting them to shoot from deep. It was just so bizarre. What about Giannis's three threes? How did you uh, how did you react to those as they? Oh, I love it. You know, it's just he's such a different shooter without hesitation. We keep talking about this, but you know, until he actually, you know, fully gets it down every time shooting without hesitation. I mean, the way he and Joel Embiid were going back and forth, I mean, how could you not be excited for the future of the NBA? Yeah, it, it was really exciting. And hopefully that is a playoff series. Um, I don't know. I think it would have to be an Eastern Conference final series as of how it shakes out right now. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's very, very exciting what they're doing, both of those young players. And, um, yeah, it was exciting to be there. And – if there's any moment in time for Chris Middleton to earn his money, it's now. And I was 
Definitely not impressed with what I saw on Sunday. You know, you look at the stat line, 19 points, seven rebounds, six assists, one turnover. You might look at that on paper and be like, oh, you know, it's not that bad considering he shot eight of 18. But, you know, like you said earlier in the pod, the way he played in the first half, he is a big reason why the Milwaukee Bucks were facing a large deficit. He and Eric Bledsoe, the way they played in the first half, just unacceptable. Yeah. You know, and I've said this before on the podcast, I think that with Eric Bledsoe, I just need him to go to the basket a little bit more early. I like that jump shot after he's gotten a couple layups in him, you know, but if you haven't hit anything and you're kind of just rocking the guy to sleep and hitting it, you know, kind of shooting the pull up like he does. um, I don't know if I necessarily think that's the best option, but um, you know, he's in a, he's a good player, but I wanted to ask you really quick on Malcolm Brogdon. What do you think this has um, in terms of implications of a salary for uh, next year? I mean, was John Horst there on the scene um, with a spike going for his foot? Um, do we have any photos of that potentially? <laughs> well, you know, it re- I think it all dep- sort of plays into how the Bucks close out the season because we really don't know if Malcolm Brogdon's going to be back at all this season, we don't know if the Bucks are going to make it out of the first round. You know, we'd like to think that they will. But, you know, even if they make it out of the first round, it looks like his recovery timetable puts him somewhere around late second round Eastern Conference Finals. But that's getting really ahead of ourselves. But, you know, that's not taking into time, you know, not only the rehab time, you know, to heal his right heel, but also, you know, getting up to game speed and game shape. That takes an extra few weeks, too. So, I think this does, in a way, sort of affect his salary. It, it definitely could be positively as well. Yeah, I think that when, he, when if, unfortunately, when he's when the if the Bucks are in the Eastern Conference Finals and Malcolm's at like eighty percent, they're probably going to send him out there to go. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly hope so. There, you, you know, know, there's it's not often that the Bucks would have an opportunity to potentially host an NBA Finals, so I don't think that. I think obviously it would be sparingly, I think, until we knew if, you know, you obviously, you obviously could play through a certain amount of pain, obviously, if you're going to be out there. And Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, is a, I'm sure is a very determined fellow to get back out there and play. Um, so we'd have to see how he can deal with the pain. But if he can get out there in an Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, the Bucks obviously could use him. And another thing about this injury is I remember that West Coast road trip that they had a few weeks ago. That you he sat out that Utah game with heel soreness, so I'm thinking this is just a reaggravation of the injury that probably could have been avoided, but this injury also could have been a lot worse. It's just the timing of it is awful, and this is why as Bucks fans we rarely have nice things. Yeah, it it's tough. Um, I guess luckily for us, yeah, this is happening um, before he's signed a contract, right? It's just it's just all messed up, but you know, obviously, you want Malcolm to heal up to the best of his ability, and you don't want to risk further damage to that injury. So, luckily, it's not as serious as the one he had last season. Suffered against is it the, the is it the same foot? Uh, I am not sure if it's the same leg. I know this injury is the right heel. I don't know if not he had his foot. Positive. I don't know if his foot. But regardless, I mean, that is definitely two foot injuries, um, you know, for basketball. That's – you need the feet, obviously. So um, that could definitely 
hinder his uh, potential salary, but I'm sure the Bucks could lace the contract with some incentives that he'd probably meet if he was healthy. You know? Well, and we also looking ahead, we kind of knew the Bucks would be in for some sort of regression. You know, towards the end of the season, you get tired legs, and you know mm-hmm. the injury bug starts to catch up with you. But just looking ahead, their next three games tonight against the Lakers, no LeBron, no Giannis. You would like to think, you know, that's a win, and then. They play tomorrow, Wednesday, at Cleveland. And then Friday, potential first-round preview, Miami comes to town. Yep. Also, Dwayne Wade's last game in Milwaukee. So, if you, have an, if you have an opportunity to get some tickets to that, I highly recommend it. Actually, I'm selling some tickets. So, contact me at Twitter, DP double underscore hoops. And, uh, well, you know, I'm 0-2 attending Bucks games this season. What's your record? I mean, covering 0-1. Um, this has not been a good, this has not been a good, uh, number for our podcast to be 0 three, but, um, I think I've been to a, I've been to a few wins this year. I've been more, well, more than a few must wins. Must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. I was at, I was covering the Bucks Clippers game early in November, the loss in LA. And then of mm. course the infamous Suns game a few weeks ago. I was watching the, I was watching the Pistons last night. Oh, they just totally blew it. Definitely. Just just absolutely <laughs> just comical. Weird to see Thonmaker in a Pistons jersey still to the second. Really is, but, you know, he's still got that, you know, hustle gene in him. And, you know, shout out to Colin Sexton, man. He has been on fire since the All-Star break. Yeah, he's really good. But I, I couldn't get – Andrew, I couldn't get to the podcast without talking about what we learned yesterday. Um in the morning, uh, the Bucks, you know, because Malcolm Brogdon's hurt, Sterling Brown, Dante DiVincenzo, lacking a little guard depth at this point. Um, unfortunately, they had to waive Christian Wood, and oh, I'm to, terribly sorry to uh, to sign Tim Frazier. So, still, still getting through that. Still, that's that's a bit of a blow to the Woodlands, you know. I would have loved to see Christian Wood get his shot. I think it's kind of weird how, you know, he gets back, he goes back and forth between the Bucks and the G League. He puts up these godly numbers in the G League, but he really hasn't played meaningful minutes this season. So I guess the writing was sort of on the wall. And, you know, now that Brogdon's out, you really need the guard depth and Tim Frazier. You know, he played with Nikola Miritich in New Orleans and he had a stint with the Bucks earlier in the season. You know, it's not as bad as Isaiah Kanan. So, you know, not all, not all is lost here, but seeing Christian Wood go yeah. is a little disappointing. You know, you saw Giannis tweet out, I believe it was on Sunday night, that, yeah. you know, oh, you know, he's got next with a bunch of emojis. So, you know, he definitely has the support of his teammates. And I wonder if Christian Wood's, you know, act on social media made this decision a little easier for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I think it definitely had to have some play in it. Um you know, Christian Wood, obviously a guy who came on the scene with the Bucks in uh, the summer league and just, you know, all first team, all summer league, um, played really well in preseason. Obviously, you know, like you said, Andrew, dominated in the G League this year. Um, I think people, you know, in the Bucks have been concerned about how that translates to the NBA. Um, Christian Wood's definitely a, a bucket getter. He can go out there and definitely score some points for you. Um 
And that was kind of apparent when he did play in these games with the Bucks that they were, I, even if it was garbage time, they were constantly trying to get Christian with the ball, maybe just to showcase him to, you know, the management or the other teams. But you know, I thought, that, you know, Christian Wood's a real talented guy. The Bucks just have a lot of depth at the fours and five position, and he's kind of the odd man out. And this time, you know, you kind of wish that Sterling or Dante, you know, Dante, if he could have stayed healthy and not had this, you know, reoccurrence of the his his own foot injury. Um, it's really a shame, but I've, you know, Christian Wood's gonna get picked up by someone. I think, I think that's pretty. Or he'll get another shot at least in the summer league, and maybe he'll even get picked up here in the next few days. Um, yeah, he's, he's, a, little, he's a talented guy for sure. I was a little disappointed that the Bucks cut him after the deadline. So now, if he signs with the team, he's not gonna be postseason eligible. So yeah. I think that was that was kind of sad. But you know, you didn't like know I Malcolm said, was getting hurt. Yeah, exactly. You can't really plan for this stuff. So it is it is sad to see Giannis's little proverbial son, Christian Wood, go. We'll always have that dunk earlier in the season against the Portland Trail Blazers at the Pfizer Forum in garbage time where he just absolutely yammed on the head of Ed Davis and then did a little Giannis mean mug to the bench. I think that's that's definitely the highlight of Christian Wood's tenure in a Bucks uniform it was it was truly uh spectacular to have Christian Wood here and I'll definitely be hoping that he latches on somewhere and hopefully gets another shot because he's 23 years old I mean he is very very young and who knows maybe down the line we could see him in a Bucks uniform again someday well you know it'd be real awkward if you know who knows in three years Christian Wood is all of a sudden the best big big man in basketball (laughs) which I don't which I doubt but (laughs) you never know the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got the Lakers on tap tonight. No LeBron, no Giannis, no Sterling Brown, no DiVincenzo. Am I missing Chris anyone Middleton? else? No Gasol. Is it a Chris Middleton game or is it going to be an Eric Bledsoe game tonight? You know, Eric Bledsoe had that huge game in Los Angeles against the Lakers. I think today is going to be your Chris Middleton, maybe 26 points, seven rebounds, eight assists game. But then, you know, you'll still have people on Twitter, oh, you know, he did this against a Laker team that's, you know, without LeBron, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, that's probably how it's going to go. Because sometimes Bucks Twitter just is run off of pure emotion, testosterone. Well, you know, we really haven't had nice things, but now we're getting – we've gotten used to, you know, just blowing teams out of the water earlier this season. Now you're getting – Later in the season, these games are getting a little closer. And, hey, the Bucks aren't going to have as many blowout wins in the playoffs. So these games are going to be close. This is postseason basketball. Yep, and definitely shout-out to the rest of the NBA for taking taking down the Toronto Raptors with them. <laughs> Every <You> know, time. <laughs> Every the, race, the race to the one seed in the East is just – You do you watch The Office? Yeah, a little bit. It's like that episode where Kevin – bakes that chili, brings it to the office, and then just totally fumbles it all and tries to, like, pick it up with a bunch of pieces of paper. So it's been that kind of few weeks for both of these teams. Yep, last 10, 6-4, and 6-4. and four. So but much, you know much ground. The Raptors, they just got Fred Van Fleet back, which is a huge gain for them. So, you know, you cope that with the Bucks losing Brogdon, and it's like, oh, damn it. Yeah, it's definitely been a melancholy couple days for the Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, hey, you know, six and four, and we think that, you know, world is crashing. That You know, we've had a pretty good this season so far. Just imagine us last year. 
then we'd be celebrating six and four over a ten game stretch. I'd be like, you know what? That ain't that ain't half bad. <laughs> that isn't half bad. So let me get your prediction for tonight's game against the Lakers. Wow. Um, no well, LeBron, no Giannis. No Lonzo, no Brandon Ingram. We're going to see Andre God, Ingram, hey. though. This this is like a tankathon it, it's sort of def- game. <laughs> it's definitely going to be rough. I think the Lakers are going to be trying to lose the game at every possible turn, but um, there's a chance that they might still be in it with uh, the problems that the Bucks are having right now. The full injury report, Ingram, Stevenson, Josh Hart, Tyson Chandler, Lonzo Ball. So both we're going to be – this is going to be like a nice little JV contest, a little varsity reserve action. I think the Bucs could use you tonight to suit up. You got any plans tonight, Dylan? No, I got a night class, so I'm going to be watching the game, not during class. Oh, yeah, wink, wink. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking but about, man. Tonight, you know, we I do expect the Bucks to win. You know, you, you don't want to lose two consecutive games, especially, you know, to a Lakers squad that's not going to have LeBron. But, you know, anytime you don't have Giannis, you never know. But Over I like under. to think that tonight is an easy victory regardless of who's playing. I wanted to ask you. What is the over-under on Rajon Rondo three-pointer shot tonight? Okay, I'm going to say if they give him the Ben Simmons treatment like they did last time in Los Angeles, he might have at least six in the first quarter and for the game, maybe 12. (laughs) I think we'll be in all right shape if that's the case. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I just the Lakers are so tremendously awful with Rajon Rondo on the floor. It's really... Sad to see how his career has totally regressed from those days in Boston winning championships with the KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen team to now, you know, being sort of a made basketball fun of vagabond. Night in and, yeah, exactly. Being made fun of on a nightly basis on the Lakers. So, you know, it's kind of like you just you want this guy, you know, shooting anything, really. Yeah. It doesn't even and... have to be a three. It just. Anything, anything that involves a jump shot, you want Rajon Rondo shooting it. Yep. No, no passing. Guard everyone else. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to do it for this edition of Bucking the Trend Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Buck the Trend Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew G underscore NBA. Dylan, you want to shout out your socials real quick? Yep. It's at DP double underscore hoops. If you want to, if you haven't seen it, check out my Christian Wood tribute video that i threw it's very there. touching i i shed a few tears i'm not gonna lie <laughs> and well thanks for listening and we'll talk soon